says the Holy Gospel according to Luke, the second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went there to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom God favors. This is the gospel of the Lord. How on earth did I wind up with so much stuff? Said anyone who has ever moved, ever. Especially when you're downsizing. But seriously, how did I wind up with so much stuff? I even got rid of so much before I moved here from Chicago just last year. I mean, how much stuff can a single 30-year-old person with no kids possibly accumulate? A lot, apparently. And I know I'm not alone here either. It seems like we have so much stuff, there's no room for it all. After all, we live in this hyper-materialistic consumer culture, and most of us lead pretty privileged, comfortable lives. And this time of year doesn't exactly make things any easier either, with the pressure to buy more and give more and to find the perfect gift for everyone on our lists. And so tonight or tomorrow morning or perhaps even still in the days to come, many of us will open gifts that we don't necessarily need or in some cases even want because we already have so much stuff. We have no room for more. And beyond the gifts and physical stuff, Many of us have had no room on our schedules for days, weeks, months with the demands of holiday parties and shopping and wrapping and baking and decorating and church programs. So much competes for our time and energy and we try to fit it all in, but there's just no room. It feels like this is rather like a season of no room. There's no room for stillness, 
for surprise, for beholding mystery, for contemplating the wonder of this season. There was no room for them in the inn. This night, before the wondrous birth, before the herald angels, before the fearful shepherds, there was a couple from Nazareth. Theirs was no romantic honeymoon. Theirs was a perilous journey before it even began. An unwed pregnant teenage girl was, uh, and a fiancé whose own social honor was at risk by mere association with her. Theirs was a journey without the guarantee of safe lodging at their destination, let alone a decent place to give birth. And so I suspect this young family looked a little more like this. One artist's contemporary rendering of the Holy Family. Not unlike residents of Milwaukee's tent city before they were evicted, which I passed by regularly on my way home, those who call the precarious shelter of those overpasses home. These are those for whom society has no room, relegated to makeshift housing, if any at all, a stable where Mary would lay her son in a feeding trough built for animals because there was no room for them in the inn. We live in a world of no room, it seems. There's no room for our siblings who are homeless and hungry. There's no room for those seeking refuge and asylum from the violence of their homelands. In many of our churches, there's no room for people who look or love or believe differently than what is considered normal and acceptable. In our political discourse, there's no room for those who vote differently than us. In a holiday season that's all about the good news of great joy, there's often no room for those who experience grief or depression or loss or anxiety. But it is precisely to those for whom there is no room that Christ comes this night to make room. Those who experience no room are in pretty good company with the Christ for whom there was no room in Bethlehem. Indeed, the Christ that this world had no room for is the Christ who comes to make room for all. The baby born among the animals in a dirty stable in Bethlehem would go on to reach out to those at the very outskirts of society as Luke's gospel unfolds, to make room for those who have been told there is no room and no place for them. The baby born this night is the one who would go on to cast out demons, to cleanse those with leprosy, to dine with tax collectors and sinners to feed the hungry, to hang out with women and Samaritans. This is the one whose mother prophesied would lift up the lowly and fill the hungry with good things. This is the one who would himself declare in his hometown synagogue his mission to bring 
good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, to let the oppressed go free. This Christ, for whom Bethlehem had no room, declares there is room for all. The late Trappist monk Thomas Merton, arguably one of the most influential theologians of the 20th century, has famously written these words. Into this world, this demented inn, in which there is absolutely no room for him at all, Christ has come uninvited. But because he cannot be at home in it, because he is out of place in it, and yet he must be in it, His place is with those others for whom there is no room. His place is with those who do not belong, who are rejected, discredited, denied the status of persons. With those for whom there is no room, Christ is present in this world. Dear people of God, because of this holy night and this holy birth, The tables are turned, the world is turned upside down. Those who have been told there is no room for them have a place in God's kingdom, in these pews at Christ's table. For you who have been overlooked or cast out, there is room for you here. For you who are overburdened by work or worry, there is room for you here. For you who grieve or weep this night, there is room for you here. For you who have been told that you don't belong, whatever the reason, there is room for you here. There is room for you here because Christ makes room for you here. Into this season of no room, Christ comes to make room to make room for joy where there is sadness, to make room for hope where there is despair, to make room for love and reconciliation where there is hatred and violence, to make room for wonder and mystery at the goodness of God who makes room for all of us. Oh, come, let us adore him. Joy to the world for God is here and there is always more room. Amen.